welcome all who join us here at St. Anne's and those who join us by way of live stream today on this fifth Sunday of Easter as we continue to rejoice 50 days in the resurrection of the Lord. After Jesus died on Good Friday, the disciples were very, very anxious. Not only had their master been killed, they themselves were very, very worried about persecution. If they had killed Jesus, they would come after the disciples too. And they were hiding and locked the doors. I remember that Easter night, three days later, Jesus appeared to them behind locked doors and said, peace be with you. His first words to dispel their fear, peace be with you. He said it again. And we're told the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, but they were still unbelieving. They couldn't quite understand how is it possible? He'd been killed, he was dead, now he was alive and in the flesh, raised from the dead, showing his wounds, as we've said before, and asking Thomas to put his hands into those nail marks and into the side where Jesus had been crucified. Amazing. And then Jesus will tell them that he's going away. In fact, after 40 days, 2,000 years ago, Christ ascended body and soul into heavenly glory. He was taken from them, and they were afraid again. And Jesus knew they would be very much afraid as sheep without a shepherd, as branches without the vine. So he uses these metaphors and these parables to try to tell the disciples, look, do not be afraid. I am with you always. I may be going away, but I'm not abandoning you. I'm not leaving you orphaned. I will come back to you, and I will come back to you every time you invoke my name. And in a very real way, he will prepare them for the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost, 50 days after his resurrection, 10 days after the ascension. And that establishes for 2,021 years, the church as we know it. Christ is always with us. He's constantly trying to tell the disciples, do not be afraid, I am with you. Remain in me and I in you. Last Sunday, he spoke about this truth with the image of the good shepherd. So the shepherd follows his flock, the flock follows the shepherd, he calls them by name, he guards them, he guides them, he protects them, he leads them into good pasture. He's always with his flock. He does not abandon his flock. Not like the others who pretend to be shepherds, but they're really shepherds in wolf's clothing, and they will eat the sheep, they'll destroy the sheep. No, Christ doesn't do that. And this Sunday, he tells us that he remains with us by using this image of the vine and the branches. As long as the branches are united with the vine, the branches grow, they have life. And you have life because of me, he says. I am the vine, you are the branches. No more can the branches work or exist apart from me. I am you, you and me, we are one. Let's reflect then on this whole image of the branches and the vine. And there's so much here, but we have just a few minutes to reflect on 
something I've noticed, and don't miss the detail. He says, whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Now, many of us have been working at our Catholic faith, our spiritual life, for a long time. And over time, we may get disappointed in ourselves, even frustrated, impatient, because we sometimes don't see the growth. We don't see the fruit of our faith. Sure, we come to church, or we pray a little bit, or we do this or that, but, you know, I thought it would be bigger than this, we say. I thought as I advance in age, I would become closer to the Lord and that things would be more clear to me. But as I get older, I'm seeing that maybe God is not as active in my life. Maybe I've grown lukewarm in my faith. Maybe I'm just not happy about life. Maybe I'm not as joyful in my faith. And that's quite common. In fact, a lot of us think that as we get into this Christian faith, from baptism through confirmation, the Eucharist, and that we should be growing and we should see those fruits. But sometimes we don't. But that's a mistake. That's a mistake because we put all the onus, all the burden for bearing fruit on ourselves. Remember, you're the branches. You and I are branches. We're not the vine. So the vine is the one that bears the fruit. The branches on their own don't. They need the vine to do that. That's what Christ is saying. So if you think, as you look back at your life, you know, okay, I'm retired now, and I don't have anything to do. Maybe I don't know what to do with my life. Maybe I've looked at all the things I've done with my career in the past, and I was hoping that it would bear a lot more fruit than it did. And as I look back, and it just seems like all that work that we were doing 30, 40, 50 years ago to bring out some better part of this world is collapsed. It can get depressing for people who have spent their lives in service to others, trying to make the world a better place, as they say, and all of a sudden, it just is taken from them. It's sad. People retired during the year of COVID. This is a very difficult year. Looking forward to retirement, it was to be a joy, and now it's, for many people, very, very difficult. It's depressing for a lot of people. But that's because, again, we're looking at ourselves too much. We're not really relying, perhaps, on the power, the grace of God to work that fruit in our lives in ways that we cannot see often or don't recall. How many of you remember maybe someone coming up to you and saying, you know, you may not remember me or you may not even remember what you said or what you did for me, but I want to thank you. That was 10 years ago and you made a difference in my life just by your kind words. And you say to yourself, I don't remember that. I don't even know who you are, forgive me. I can't see the fruit of my labor, but see, someone else did. That's very interesting. Raise your hands if you've had that experience where you don't remember what you did for someone, but they came up to you or wrote you a letter or something where they saw the fruit of your labor 
when you couldn't? Raise your hands. Yeah, it's quite common. Isn't that interesting? When I was very, very depressed many years ago, and it was a dark moment, a priest came to me and he said, look, there's nothing that's broken that can't be fixed. Now that was in 2007. I reminded that priest just a few weeks ago, do you remember what you said? He said, I don't even remember visiting you. I said, oh, thanks. <laughs> but he said, there's nothing that's broken that can't be fixed. He said, I've never said that. I said, you did. You said it twice. And I've preached about it a few times. And I want to thank you once again. He said, I don't remember. I don't remember. See, that's how God uses us. When we don't remember, when we are not aware, he uses us. And that is a tremendous power that you and I have simply to rely on God's grace to do the work and to bear the fruit. It's amazing. Because if we focus too much on ourselves and say, well, I don't see any goodness that's accomplished here in my life. Or I've been trying this and trying that, but, oh, too hard. You know? Nothing gets better. It's all kind of the same routine. I'm getting just tired of life. Well, the Lord is still using you. In fact, one of the most beautiful moments that our Lord uses people in the power of his love, the power of his mercy, the power of his divine providence is when we're most ill. We're most ill. How many of us have had that experience of being surrounding our father or mother on their deathbed or close to them? Doctors and nurses do this all the time. Healthcare workers, priests. We're close to people and they're suffering. And in faith, we believe that in those precious moments, life is no less beautiful because now we're preparing this person to come to see the face of God. We're helping them. And it may not mean that much to you. You might be sad about it, sure. But you're bearing fruit and you're receiving courage and strength and gratitude and the gifts of the Spirit to patiently accept the reality of the death of a parent or a loved one. So trust in God's will is essential to bearing the fruit, even when you don't see it. It's there. The very fact that you're here even now is a sign of God's grace bearing fruit for the church and for the world. And he says, thank you. Thank you for being my disciple. Thank you for remaining in me, even when you didn't feel it, even you don't remember. Know that I was there. I am with you always. You in me, I in you. For if you remain in me and I in you, you can ask for anything you want, and it will be done for you. 
Now that's the other piece. I've been asking the Lord for all these things all my life, and I'm not getting maybe all of that. Oh, it will be done for you. See, I can't see it, but it's going to be done. I can't always feel it, but it's there. This is the beauty of God's word. Once he says, it will be done for you, if you ask, it will be. In ways you cannot see. He will bear the fruit through you. And that takes great faith. And it takes great trust. And again, it's exactly what the disciples needed to hear to know that Jesus would remain with them always. And of course, the most beautiful way, even now, he remains with us in the most intelligent way is his body and blood. I am with you always. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood, I and him, him and me, we become one. I am with you always. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. I say it again. Do not be afraid. Christ is with us.